0: I, I I gave you an example, you know, I gave you the title of the series last week and it was called we calling it Taken and and with taken my 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 thought process was take our church on a journey of end times of end times. We all know the the moment a lot of us don't read revelation, a lot of us don't want to dig through through revelation because the moment you read through revelation is like a lot of numbers 666 that are strange, and then the 24 elders, the seven lamps, you know, you, you you come across the horses and all these numbers, and a lot of you guys like me, if you were scared of mathematics. During your school days, you're like, okay, Revelation is that kind of a book. I want to just stay social distancing with Revelation. I don't want to get any closer to it at all. And sometimes, you know, a lot of people also complicate the book of Revelation. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys on the stream and also in the building, the moment you hear the book of Revelation, what are the thoughts that come to your mind? Like, what do you think about the, well, the moment somebody tells you Revelation? What are the thoughts that come to your mind? Like, what do you think about it? Just put it on the comment. What do you think about it? You know, I mean, the, 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 the chat might take like 10 seconds delay here. But what do you think about the moment somebody asks you or tells you or tells you revel the book of revelation what do you think about it you know what is the theme behind it the book of revelation you know i'm just gonna share it here the book of revelation immediately the the, 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 the thought process the mind the, the words that come to our mind is it's it's a book of end times apocalypse it's the it's, it's it's an eschatology uh, uh, related it's the, the study of end times The study of end times. Last week in our study, I helped that church understand about I will not be surprised by the the signs I see. You know what Jesus himself mentioned, in the end times you will see these things. There will be an increase in lawlessness. There will be an increase of self-lovers. There will be an increase in people buying and selling things. There will be an increase in people just loving themselves. There will be an increase in people being, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, worshipping idols and there'll be an increase a lot of things. There'll be an increase in wars and earthquakes and, and, and natural calamities and all of these things. The signs of end times. And I also help that church understand. I'm not going to share deep into that because I already, you know, if you have not heard that, please go back to our social media outlets and you can probably follow it. But my thought process with last week's week's message was that when I see the signs, I will not be surprised. A lot of us, we are like, we are caught by surprise. We're like, okay, coronavirus, is this a sign of end times? Can I tell you? The signs of end times began the moment Jesus ascended into heaven and not in 2020. I just wanted to put it out there because a lot of us, we continue to graduate from the WhatsApp University. But as we you know, gather our information together, I want to bring your attention towards uh, another thought process that I have been preparing for almost two weeks now. And it's, it, it's been in my mind and I want to share it out to you guys. So listen to this very carefully. I am sure people who are following us from different places of the world, you can, uh, you can follow us through. And for the next 30-35 minutes, please tag along. Today, I want to share to you about, you know, this one word, uh, you know, that you probably might have heard it on, on, on social media, on different platforms, or maybe Netflix, or, you know, Amazon Prime, or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, a series that you've been watching. But today, I want to share to you about something, a simple word. It says, I will be back. It says, I will be back. And when somebody shares that, what is the thought process that comes to your mind? What is that image that comes to your mind? Maybe some of you might be, I've heard this somewhere. I have heard this somewhere and some of you are smiling. Uh, Pastor Justin, what are you talking about? Yes, yeah, so you might have heard it somewhere. It's, it's probably from, you know, Arnold uh, uh, from the Terminator series where it's a very famous, very famous, you know, tagline, uh, punchline that has been used in his, all of his movies and it's so famous there and it says every time something goes wrong with him, he says, I will be back. Like he reinvents himself. Like, you know, I mean, the other day I was watching, you know, and and, and, and his arm uh, or his, you know, some some parts of his body, you know, was damaged and and he was almost dead. His battery was gone. Like his charge was gone. And then he, before his, his system completely shuts down, he opens his eyes and he gives them the assurance that I will be back. Are you with me? No, I just want to take your thought process here. Listen to this. When a family member is, you know, comes, visits us and leaves, what are the last words that they say? They say, you know, I will be back. Or if God allows, and now if they're very, very penty family, they're like, you know, if God allows, we will meet you here. If not, I will meet you there. Very, very penty family. A normal family, bye, I'm going. And sometimes, you know, you know, you know I, I was just thinking, you know, how many times people say actual byes till they leave? Like they said the bye in the couch, then they walk to the entrance and say bye-bye. And then they're walking through the hallway and they say bye. And then they sit in the car, they say bye. And when they, after they start their cars, they say you buy goodbyes. And then before they take off, you know, the entire family rolls the windows down. So how many times have you said the byes before you actually have taken off? Are you with me? Are you with me? Tag along with me here. You know, in the Bible we see Jesus himself had mentioned that I'm going to come back. The prophets mentioned Jesus is going to come back. The angels mentioned Jesus is going to come back. More than 1400 times in the Old and the New Testament, you see the, the, the prophets affirming that Jesus is going to come back. Which is, which is more than half which is more than half times that Jesus' first coming was prophesied. Are you with me? The second coming of Jesus was prophesied and, and continued to be affirmed by ministers and leaders around the world that He's going to come back very soon. So today, you know, as you are with me, I'm going to read this biblical prophecy, provide some of the greatest encouragement and hope available to us today. In the Old Testament... Which is saturated with prophecies concerning the first advent. So both testaments are filled with references, references to the second coming of Jesus. Listen to this: One scholar of the Bible has estimated that there are one thousand eight hundred forty-five references of Jesus's second coming. Wow! One thousand eight hundred forty five times which is mentioned that jesus is going to come back again which makes it an amazing one out of every 30 verses in the bible gives us the assurance that jesus is going to come back again one out of every 30 verses listen to this 23 of the 27 new testament books refer to the great event which is the second coming of jesus if you have not understood this, even the press or the world around today would also agree with that Jesus is going to come back again. You know, actually in the press, and I was studying some of the resources available, the the Gallup study says 66% of Americans believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. 66% of Americans believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. That's crazy. And you know, the, 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 even the press media has a separate term given for some special events, calamities, you know, dangerous moments that, that they have to, uh, uh, you know, put on their media. They call it as the end time report. The end time report. Or the end time type for example, when, uh, when the, one of the, the, the President Kennedy was uh, assassinated, you know, that was ca- counted as the end-time event, end-time type. When Nagasaki, Hiroshima, the, the bombs were dropped, they counted it as the end-time report. When something crucial, big, devastating happens in the world, the press today has given a name to the, how they have to brief that situation. It's called as the end time type. So today I want to just bring your attention towards all the media is also declared that one of the greatest events to happen, unfold in human history is the second coming of Jesus Christ. If I'm not wrong, you know, I, I read this study, you know, you know, we have two pilots available uh, in every in every in every aircraft. Two pilots available. And one of the reasons why was one was raptured, the other could actually take the flight down. Oh my God, please, when the rapture happens, I want to be there, oh Lord, if I'm the aircraft. <laughs> They, are, they have two, two pilots available. If one is raptured, the other can. And I hope the other one, whoever is sitting next to, will not have a an, you know, traumatic experience seeing a dead body, you know, seeing a body just lying there. But listen to this. All the world, the entire world, is awaiting for the second coming of Jesus. And so today my message is about Jesus Himself said, the angel said, Prophets said, the apostles said. Everybody today in our world, and I tune into a lot of our churches and ministries too. Pastors are occupying their churches during this season. And they're helping them to understand, hey, do not lose your focus. When you see the signs out in the world, do not be surprised. These are the very perilous moments we are living in. And Jesus is coming back very soon. He's coming back very soon. And let that be an assurance in our life. And I know a lot of us, because in the early Sunday school and, 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 and in, our, in our days that we lived, you know, somehow the book of Revelation or the talk of ended times was very traumatic to all of us. We might have watched the Left Behind movies, the Tribulation movies, and it's very traumatic. Yes, of course, it is traumatic for the people who have no hope, but it is the joy for the people who have hope in Jesus Christ. So you and me as a child of the living God, we are awaiting for the return of our Father. Listen to this. Uh, most of you know my dad uh, served in the Indian Army. My dad served in the Indian Army. And I loved whenever he came back for vacations, and especially in the year 99 and 2000 when the when there was a war between india and pakistan my dad was deployed in kargil and uh, you know uh, every day was tense and back in those days we we didn't have our own landline phone connection so our neighbor which was like 5 minutes away had the phone connection and so he, dad did not have a cell phone back in those days so he had to go to his office maybe once in two weeks and uh, you know we wait For the call from my dad. And it was just me at that time. My brother was not even born. And so we were waiting for dad's call. Mom used to wait for dad's letters. How romantic those days were. Well, we had to wait for the letters to come in. Today we have the cell phones. We have the emails. We have everything available. But still, you know, sometimes when we have everything, we lose the joy of what we have. But we were waiting. I was waiting. Or oh, my dad is going to come back. Whenever he comes, whenever he comes, the first thing I would do is I would go open his bags. And check out, Dad, what did you get for me? What are the things that I see? And I see the same thing with my son Josiah. Whenever I do ministry travels, come back, my son Josiah is more interested in my suitcase, my bags, than in me. Because he knows when dad is coming back, dad is going to get him something. There is we expect and we wait for a loved one to come back because we know when they come back, there is something that we receive from them. Are you with me? Tag along. Jesus himself said, I will be back. But somehow the church today, world today, people today, families today have lost their inputs, have lost their mindset, have lost their focus. Be prepared is what I'm sharing here. When I say be prepared, some of you are like, what is that look like, pastor? What does it look like? how do you get prepared for somebody that is going to visit you how do you prepare for somebody that is going to come by your your house you know when somebody uh, calls that they are coming home uh, anisha and i we prepare our entire house for to receive them, last uh, two I think two weeks ago something funny happened, and I'm going to share this on the stream today. You know, um, Sally Auntie came home dropping off some of our food. I'm just taking Sally Auntie's name. Thank you so much, Auntie. But it was very embarrassing for us too. Sally Auntie came by. Sally Auntie and Benjamin actually came home to drop off some food, and uh, we uh, you know the, uh, we, we we didn't know they were coming so early, and so our house was almost like as if a tornado has gone through. Y'all know we have a five-year-old, so we can blame it on him. It's almost like a tornado had gone through our house. We were not expecting them to come at that time. They walked in and the house was chaos. It was a mess. From the hall at the entrance door to every place, it was a chaos. You know, when you have somebody coming home, you prepare. So when you know Jesus is coming back into, into receiving us, how do we prepare? How do we prepare? Yes, of course, we are today focused on the signs that is happening. Earthquakes are happening. Planes are crashing. We see, you know, volcanoes erupting. We see, you know, coronavirus rapidly spreading. We see all the signs. Yes, of course, the signs portray to something. The signs signify something. Are we waiting eagerly? Do not lose your focus on Jesus himself. I want to read a scripture and I know uh, it's been a while since uh, I, I I didn't read the scripture here and I was just explaining to you the backdrop, backdrop here. John chapter 20 verse 7. Let's start from John chapter 20 verse 7. John chapter 20 verse 7. If we can have it on the screen uh, or, or sorry on the on the stream here, that'd be great. John chapter 20 verse 7. This is how it goes. I'm going to read it for uh, y'all, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in a place by itself. You know, we all know this story, we all know this story about how, you know, the death of Jesus Jesus was buried, the burial of Jesus. And when Jesus was buried, back in those days, they had to embalm His body. They had to wrap all His, you know, the, the entirety of His body and place Him in the, in the cave, in the tomb. They had to place Him in there. And they put a cloth covered His face. So every single place of His body was just covered by this linen cloth. But after three days, what happens? Yes, it was Friday, but hey baby, Sunday is coming. Jesus rose again. The hope of life, the hope of humanity rose up from the dead. Being the first fruits to be resurrected from the dead so that you and me will be resurrected in Christ Jesus of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And Jesus rose up from the dead. And here in the scripture, you see a portion. It says, And the face cloth." Which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Now, for example, you know, if this was the linen cloth on the face of Jesus, right? This was just taken out by itself, folded neatly and placed it on the, on the table, on the table. Or on the place where the other clothes were. What does that signify? Listen to this. You have to understand the olden days, their traditions, the way they function. You know, in the olden days when a when, uh, uh, master is at the table and he's eating his food. And it happens probably even now. You know, when the master is eating his food, he has these napkins that are used for, you know, cleaning himself after he's eating. And these napkins also denoted something. So when the napkin, uh, you know, as long as the napkin was on the lap or, you know, kept aside um, uh, uh, on the table, the servants knew that the master is still eating his food. So after the master's eaten his food, if the master just takes the napkin, throws it on the plate or on the table, walks away, it simply signifies that the master has done eating and it was delicious he's done eating he's not going to come back but if the master has actually folded his cloth the linen the uh, uh, and and he's kept it on the table in an order what he would do is he's letting his servants know you know what i have not yet finished i will be i will be back and that's the exact portion you see in the olden days. in the, in the tomb. When Jesus rose up again, the one of the napkins, was folded and kept aside. So when the disciples came, they had an affirmation, and only people back in those cultures. So we had to dig deeper into culture to understand that they understood that Jesus is helping us understand, even at the resurrection, that He is going to come back. Let's look into that aspect of Revelation chapter three verse eleven. Revelation chapter three verse eleven. Jesus said. I am coming soon. The book of Revelation chapter 3 is a letters to the seven churches. And here you see a, a letter being written to one of the churches. And in Revelation chapter 3 verse 11 it says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that, there, that no one will take your crown. What a beautiful letter. What a beautiful writing. An affirmation to the church there and Jesus is helping them or, and, or, 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 or Apostle John who is having this vision and he's writing these letters he's helping them understand and of course these, the seven churches signify the seven stages of the New Testament church. Listen to this very carefully. Jesus said, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Listen to this. Ready or not. Here I come. And we see that portion in a lot of Jesus' New Testament parables and teachings where he said, be prepared. You know the story of the bridesmaid. Which I shared it last week. I the, you know, I want to tell you the, the, another parable here. Jesus, you know, He gave, He was t- telling them, the, 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 you know, the master gave, you know, uh, coins or talents to some of the, uh, uh, His servants and the master came back after some time. Why? It's the principle about telling people that I'm going to come back. The stories of Jesus in the New Testament, the parables, His teachings, always portray that Jesus is coming back. But hey, in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3, when you, when you read through that portion here, you know, you come to an understanding that, you know, John is actually writing to a church. John is writing to a church that is persecuted, that is struggling. And, 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 and through those seven letters, you come to an aspect of understanding that, you know, one of the churches here has lost their first love. One of the churches here, you know, John is writing to, you know, is neither hot nor. No cold. It's something very important for us as the Christian brothers and sisters to understand that the very principle of Jesus' blessed hope uh, that is being given to us as a Christian is that Jesus is coming back. If there's nothing you follow through the entire sermon today, I want you to go back home with one assurance that He is coming back. Are we ready? Ready or not, Bible says, I will be back. I will be back. You might say, Pastor, I'm busy with a lot of things. Hey, don't run behind stuff that entangle you and make you lose focus of eternity. I don't want those that make me stray away from what God has placed for me. Some of us are running behind a lot of things. Getting our life entangled in those things. What if We gain the whole world and we lose our soul. What if we gain the whole world and we lose our salvation? What if we do that? And that's why it says here, I'm coming soon. The next line is, hold on to what you have. What do you have around you right now? Hold on to it. It definitely talks about our salvation. It talks about the family. It talks about the fellowship. It's a written letter to the churches. It talks about your love. It talks about your relationship. Hold on to what you have. And after that, because so that no one will take your your crown. In the last days after Jesus comes, we see that he will also be rewarding his children. He'll be rewarding. There's a great reward happening. And that's why whenever I walk into our church, I see a bunch of our leaders and team you know, working hard. And I always say, you know, Pastor Justin can buy you only a Mexican, but Jesus will reward you with a crown of life. He will give you something greater than nobody else, no father, no pastor, no leader, no boss has ever given you. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? Only God can do. And only God can give and He gives, He outgives people when He doesn't. So when you do something for God's kingdom, know that the reward is greater in heaven. Don't wait for people to reward you. They are not, they are not. One thing that I've understood in my life of, you know, a few years in ministry is that wait for God and He will reward you. And when He does, in Hindi it says, Chappar phadike. But love, is another saying? It says that he will open the windows of heaven, shaken together, and he will bless you surely. And you see the portion here. It says that I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have and that no one will take your crown. Listen to this, church. There are a lot of things happening in our world which could possibly, possibly take our crown away. What crown? The crown of salvation. The crown of salvation possibly could be taken away from your life if you are not vigilant, if you are not careful. You know, there's the Calvinistic teaching would say that hey, you know what? You know, you are saved and you are saved forever. And in, a, in, a, in our church setting like ours, we want to believe in the portion that, hey, I am a child of God and there's nothing in this world that can separate me from the love of God. But at the same time, I do and I come closer to Him. I am saved. That doesn't mean that I can wander away and do what I want to do. Stay away from the Father's business till the end. will cut you off. I want to come back. And I want to do things that make sure that nobody will take the crown of salvation from my hand. You and me seated in this room today and every single one of us on the online platform and media watching us, we're all, we're all saved by God. Not saved because of our works, but saved because of His grace. His grace alone has saved each one of us. But listen, There are things in the world that possibly can take the crown of salvation from your life. The devil doesn't want it. Satan and his agents doesn't want it. People around you who are worldly will not understand somebody who is spiritual. There's a difference between the carnality of people and a spirit-filled person. There's always a difference. There's a fine line between darkness and light. light. But I pray, the light of yours will shine in the darkened world they are living in. The light of you, when you walk into the place of their lives, you, know, you will be able to pull them out because there's a greater light in your life. Don't let your crown be destroyed in the process. Are you with me? Don't let your life, there's a fine line between carnality of life, carnal man, things about all the worldly pleasures, pleasures. carnal man, Thinks about what he can eat and drink all day. Carnal man. That's the carnality of the end times that you see. The carnality of life. They are self-focused. But everything opposite of that is a spirit-filled man. I'm not saying if you are seen on every Zoom meeting and church meeting, you're a spirit-filled man. No. No. There are areas in your life that I can't see. None of our elders or team or church family members can see. But still God is the one who sees. And I pray God is the one who judges too. Yes of course there's a portion in the New Testament. In the book of Revelation. And and I want to celebrate the occasion here. Saying that. Hey you know what? Don't be afraid. Jesus is going to come back. Yes. Even when I said that. But don't forget. The judgment is also coming. The judgment is also coming. And I'm so glad that I don't. I'm not judging anybody here. We all have our independent social, independent life. Nobody sees. You think your wife knows everything? No. Only you know who you are. Only you know who you really are. But listen to this. The Spirit of the Almighty God knows every single thought that rises up in your heart. In the last days, you will find people, lovers of selves. It's all about themselves. It's all about what they can gain, attain, and their worldly pleasures. I pray God will bless you with things, but don't let those things be in the sight of His presence. Don't let those things come as an entanglement in our life. I pray God will bless you with all the blessings He's promised in our life. But I am praying, God, don't give me anything that can make me lose sight of your glory. Father God, don't give me things that I don't want to find myself losing my crown of salvation. Are you with me, church? Don't get me anything. Don't give me things that makes me lose my salvation. Look into our own life situations today. Let's prepare ourselves. Jesus said, "I will be coming back." Let's. Let, let, I'm gonna. I'm gonna wrap up here. Can I have my worship team behind me? Well, uh, last thing I wanna wrap up by saying is Bible teaching about the. This is a quote from Billy Graham. Listen to this. Bible teaching about the second coming of Jesus was taught as a doomsday preaching, and that scared a lot of people. Bible. teaching teaching about the second coming of Christ was thought as a doomsday preaching, but not anymore. And I love the way Billy Graham preached there. He said, not anymore. He said, it is the only ray of hope that shines as an ever brightening beam in a darkening world. What a beautiful saying. That it is the only ray of hope that shines as an ever-brightening beam in a darkening world. My friends, everybody who's watching me today, Jesus is coming back. Don't lose our salvation. Don't lose our joy. Don't lose the crown that God has placed on our life. You are a child of the living God. There's anybody in the stream or in the media today or here probably. You think you are saved, but there are things that have made you wander away. Maybe this is a time for you to say, God, I want to prepare myself. I want to prepare myself. But Father God, I've been wandering away for too long, but today I want to come back, oh Lord, because I want to prepare myself, my family, my children, for the coming of Jesus Christ, for the coming of our Savior. Don't be like the foolish bridesmaids who, who had the lamp who had the oil too, but didn't carry extra. Why? Because they were focused, too focused on something else. Not caring. They, they, were, they were careless about it. But today my, my message, I pray that it will ring in the ears of every single one watching me online and in the home or in this building today that hey, Christ is coming back. I need to pay attention. I need to build my life. And I know a sermon series on ended times or things, you know, doesn't get a lot of amens and hallelujahs and it's okay. But I pray that you will understand from the deep bottom of it that Christ wants our church to be prepared, families to be prepared. I see a lot of uh, weddings happening uh, and I'm part of, uh, you know, the weddings that take place. You know, for the weddings that take place, how many months do we prepare? How many years do we prepare? You know, I remember when uh, Anisha and I we were about to be wedded after our engagement day, and and for almost a year and a year and a half after that, you know, there were so many preparations, there were so many calls, there's so many uh, things that you know you get into the details of: is this what I'm going to wear? Is this how I'm going to look? Is this what my setting is going to be? Is this how my worship team, my band, my prayer team, you know, is is this how the entire function of my wedding going to look like? We prepare so much for our wedding that happens here. Don't lose focus. There's a wedding that is about to happen at the coming of Jesus Christ. The wedding is between groom Jesus and the New Testament church. Don't focus. Don't lose focus on that. Can You all rise up in God's house. Just surrender ourselves. On the online media too. Just surrender yourself. At this moment, I want everybody to pay close attention in this building. Please stand up. And also in our, in our home situation. Do something different for you to say, God I have wandered away for too long but today God I am declaring that the folded napkin awakens the anticipation within me the folded napkin in the tomb awakens the anticipation that Jesus is coming back Jesus is the hope of humanity nothing else No drugs can satisfy you. No pleasures in the entire world can satisfy a human vacuum that God has prepared and placed in your heart. Only Jesus can. And today just give it to the hands of the Almighty God and say, God, I'm coming back to the house of yours. I have wandered away. I have strayed away. But I'm going to come back. I'm making a comeback here. I'm making a comeback here. I'm making a comeback here. Jesus, Jesus is coming back. Jesus. Every eye closed right now. Every eye closed. Make some personal prayer commitments. Every eye closed. Every eye closed. No distraction in this building. No distraction on the media. No distraction with your families. Every eye closed. Just cry out to God. Prepare yourself. Just cry out to God and say, God, Take a moment. Take a moment. Take a moment. Take a moment here. Take a moment here. Every eye closed. Take a moment here. Every eye closed. Take a moment here. Take a moment here. Take a moment. Take a moment. Surrender yourself. Pray. Pray right now. Pray right now on the online media. Everybody. Take a moment and pray. Lord, I surrender myself. I'm coming back, oh Lord. I'm coming back. If there's anybody who watching us for the very first time. Jesus loves you, my friend. Jesus loves you. The message of hope for humanity is Jesus is going to come back again. Surrender your life. Give your life. Give your life. I pray for salvations to happen. I pray for people to come back to the house of hope. I pray that people will come back in celebration that my Savior is coming back. My Savior is coming back. My Savior, my Redeemer, my Father, is coming back. The hope of humanity love for life and he is gonna come back again Father God, everybody that is watching us, joining us online, I pray with them as we are singing songs and worshipping you, O Lord. I pray with them today, O Lord, that the hand of the Almighty God will embrace these folks as they are making a comeback today. Father God, we've been entangled, lost the sight of in a lot of ways and practices of the evil ones in the world, O Lord. But today we are coming back to the heart of yours. And we Father God, we want to declare that Father, I will not lessen my Focus on things of the carnal world Things of the world that is diminishing in its power But Father, my eyes are locked onto the eternity of heaven, oh Lord Father God, I look into the radiant face of yours The darkened world of my life is vanishing away The darkened circumstances is vanishing away The glory, the light of your glory is shining in my life The light of your glory is shining in my life the light of your glory, the light of your glory, the light of your glory. Every eye close, every eye close, every eye close. It's a special moment here. Just look to the Lord right now. There's no performance happening in this building. It's a spiritual service. It's a service that can break yokes. It's the anointing that flows in this building. I want to declare that every chain of entanglement, every chain of addiction is broken in Jesus' name. Father God, we do not stray away from the purpose of yours, but Father, we look into the hope of you